Do we need to repeat the rules? We don't have any rules. Um, Shalanda, she probably remembers. I mean, you got you got drinks. That's um, it. <laughs> this is not a family show, so if you need to cuss, you can do that. If you need to burp, you know, you got you know, just got to let that shit hang. You know, so, it's encouraged. Actually, yes, encouraged. It's the same thing we like to do. So, uh, and rule number one. Rule number one is don't die. <laughs> yeah. Don't die and drink and talk shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it sounds like it could be my show as well. No. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not unlike your show. <laughs> and it's not unlike yours either. Yeah, especially the part of like no editing. We just it's like it's like jazz. Wait, like, uh, we just we just go. We're not we're not we're not editing shit. We just whatever. Yeah, I, don't, I don't like I don't like that analogy for ours because jazz implies talent. <laughs> hold, hold, hold the fuck. Hold, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> you ready to roll? Ah, uh, yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, so we'll be back do, in about no, what forty-five seconds. Yeah, do your magic. Beers with Nigel is poured for you by Dire Oil Graphics, promotional products and design. They cover your brand bumper to bumper with graphic design, promo products, and print. See what Dire Oil Graphics can build for you at direoil.com. That's D-Y-E-R-O-I-L.com. On your phone there, you're erasing <laughs> the intro to try to get done in time. Well, you know, that's what happens when you have new shit, new toys to actually do an intro. That used to be the part we used to edit. That, that, was, that, that was my it. work. We just cut my work in half. Welcome to Beers with Nigel. I'm Nigel. That's Nick. I'm that other guy. You're the other guy. It's a podcast about beer and, and other things. Other stuff. Other stuff. And we're definitely, Depends on which brand we're using. We're definitely going to be doing some other stuff today because we got the whites out of Chicago, Illinois. What's up, fam? What's up? Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Jolanda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. So, you know, uh, let's let's get everybody acclimated. People know you. Let's get people acclimated to your other half. People know him too. I'm Nick. I'm the now I'm the other guy in our scenario. <laughs> <laughs> that is so not true. That is so not true. Like, well, uh, sure, sure, but maybe to my audience, they you know, they they he's probably new, you know. Probably you know, you, yes. Yeah. So, so let's start. Let's start with this, Nick. Who are you? Right on, man. I'm Nick White. Uh, my outlets. I'm co-founder of Chicago Beer Geeks and co-host of Chicago Beer Pass and the Neat Poor Podcast. So that's that's me in a nutshell. And and for for uh, you, Shalanda, to uh, tell people who you are for those for those who don't know, I feel bad, but go ahead. Nobody, don't want to nobody knows me. Okay, so I'm Shalanda White. Um, also known as Alpha Beard Chick on all the social medias, have a podcast as well called This Chick Talks Beer, and also um, the other half of the Neapor podcast. And if you haven't listened to those podcasts, you're doing it wrong. You need especially to listen yeah, to both yeah, of them. Yeah, the, this chick talks beer. That shit right now is lit. Oh my god, <laughs> she came out swinging. The last <laughs> yeah, one. yeah. I, I, the one before, I'm like, oh my god. I said. Do I need to talk more? Because you be, you brought up some serious, heavy topics, but it works, though. I love it. I'm glad. You know, I had to kind of switch it up because for a minute there, I fell off with the podcast because there's only so much you can sit in your living room floor and you drink and you talk shit. But it's like you got to find something else. So it's like I need to start hitting with some real life situations here. <laughs> I, I do like the ones when when 
It's just you and you're kind of lit and you go about 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get in the, other than that, it's like I started to sound like an old woman who's just talking to herself. So I got, I got to get in to get out. Well, first off, there's there's nothing wrong with sitting around talking to yourself. <laughs> so let's, just, let's start there. <laughs> and then um, I think you're making drunk podcasting a thing. And I'm good with that. <laughs> I'm on board. I'm definitely drunk when I'm doing it by myself. I mean, so, I, uh, it's like drunk history. Yeah, that show on Comedy Central. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except she's funny every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drunk history is probably like what twenty five percent. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'd love to make that show, but <laughs> yeah. So obviously, we know uh, Afro beer chicks into beer. Nick, you know, you're into beer too, but you're also into the bourbons, the whiskeys. How did how did y'all meet? How how did this how did this uh, this power couple come together? He no. slid in the DMs. Is that, is that what happened, bro? <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Picture really? He slid, he slid in the... See, so here's the thing. I knew Nick from high school, but he didn't remember because his brother was more around my age. So when I used to go and hang out with a friend of mine who he was seeing back in high school days, I mean, I was young, so he didn't pay attention to me. But years later, he slid in the DM. So okay. Okay. I well, see. Well, I see. well, Nigel, it was a it was a clear dark night. Show you, show you right. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, probably 2009. I think uh, you know, in think, September 2009. You know, we had hundreds of mutual friends, and you know, it, it took you know one conversation led to another. And then, you know, I think we went out. We saw Michael Jackson's This Is It. On uh, Halloween. On Halloween. Wow. It, in, the, nice. in the theater. So wait, 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 wait. Uh, I saw. <laughs> wait a minute, hold on. First date. First night we went out. First date. It was Halloween 2009. So we went to go hang out with his brother for his wife's birthday. Then we went to, to go see Michael Jackson. This Is It only. It was me watching it. No one else was in the theater, so he laid down on my lap, and then he oh. fell asleep. And oh. I was there watching the movie by myself. To be fair, <laughs> the, the precursor to Michael Jackson, this is it. We saw a Poison cover band, the 80s hair band. Yeah. We saw a Poison cover band at, um, what's that crazy bar? At Duffy's. At Duffy's on, 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 on the near Wrigley. So, yeah. yeah. And, uh, is that the, the Poison overdose? <laughs> to be fair, Poison and Motley Crue for a couple hours on the cover band tip. And by the yeah. time MJ rolled around, you know, I might have got yeah. some You were probably exhausted. Because, you, know, you know, shit, I'm a, you know, I'm an 80s baby. You know, right. we, I think when we moved to my mom's house, you know, BET would cut off at 7 o'clock and it would become the Playboy channel. Right? Oh, so all the, you, you would get the squiggly lines at 7 o'clock. Oh, so yeah. You would turn on MTV and catch all this rock shit. We'd be waiting for Beastie Boys or Run DMC. Right. But in, in the middle, you'd be like in the middle. <laughs> in the middle, it would be all these hair bands. So I yeah. was a huge hair band guy. I, I understand. Same, same here. Same here. I was watching today on HBO that movie Rock of Ages with uh, 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 Tom Cruise. You ever seen that? Yeah. Same. It's basically an '80s music right. musical. It's just it's yeah. it's, it's kind of dope. So well, that's like, the that's the D. Snyder script, right? Is it his? Isn't that he wrote that for Broadway? Oh, uh, Twist the no sister, D. Snyder. Yeah, yeah. There, there you go. Oh. I see you know your bands. I see you, son. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I grew up without cable. I didn't have the MTV. You were poor. Huh? But no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we we grew up the Mormon. Oh, that's right. You were Mormon. That's right. You can watch it. Okay, what? Well, a double damn on that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it wasn't even the good Mormon. Like we only get one wife. Damn. Oh damn. I thought that was the whole the that was the whole bit. Like look here, all you get to get is one wife. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk shit on it. It's all good. We were the independence brand. Hey, what y'all drinking over there? Let's so, see. Two different things, right? What are you drinking? Right now, I'm drinking Foreign Exchange Common Sensory. Is that a um, is that a is that a Chicago brewery? Yes, yeah, a, a double IPA. And wow. then on the bourbon side, I'm drinking Barrel Bourbon from 2020. 2021. That's the New Year's Eve bourbon. Yeah, yeah. I'm drinking uh, Transient Artisan Ales. Now they're a Michigan crew. You know? Okay. I, I think they're just. Uh, I think he's like. A, what do you call it? Not vagabond. That's the wrong word. But he's a. <laughs> he doesn't have a home. He brews at different spots, right? Oh, like, a gypsy, a gypsy, gypsy, brewer. gypsy. He's yeah. a gypsy brewer. Yeah, yeah. vagabond could work too. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should change that name and yeah. just make it a thing. <laughs> vagabond <laughs> brewing. Yeah, we got a little uh, Michigan uh, beer, Tapestry Brewing. Oh, uh, right on. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know Tapestry. Yeah, this is Mr. Tapestry. Mr. Orange. I guess it's a Berliner. Um, I actually bought this on the Kansas side, so. You know, you know, Missouri, Kansas is weird because they have totally different liquor laws. So I, I, when I was in Lawrence last week, I was like, I always stop at this liquor store because they always have totally different selection of what you can get in Missouri. So I was like, never heard of them, but picked it up. Uh, who knew? Yeah, you drive 20 minutes, totally different thing. Yeah, a total, totally different shit. So. And on the bourbon side, I believe this is from Chicago. Hey, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's, right fucking, up the street from that's us. like two miles up the road here. Okay. 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 <laughs> well, my, well, my buddy uh, used to live over in that same area, that same neighborhood then. And told him when I bought it, he's like, hey, that that's the distiller that's just up the street from our old place. Yeah. Yeah, What's that man. other bottle you got there, Nick? What's well, that? and then uh, we we haven't opened this one yet. I, this is one of my new favorites that I found this year. It's Old Bardstown. Oh, right on. Okay. Is that um? That's a bourbon too. Yeah. All right. Where's that right. out of? Uh, let's see here. Probably Bardstown, Kentucky. Bardstown, Nelson County, Kentucky. Oh wow. Okay. 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 So how did how did y'all get into, you know, the the beer game, the liquor game? What I kind of remember your your story, uh, Shalanda. But for those who who <laughs> his fault. So give us the rundown, and then Nick, give us yeah. your story. It ain't my fault. <laughs> it ain't my fault. <laughs> That's the title of his memoir. <laughs> it is his fault. Um, so yeah, Nick is responsible for all of my drinking. Let me just put that out there. Okay. Um, before him, I was an Alize, Bacardi, and rum type girl. Okay. Thug passion. Man. Thug passion. Like, <laughs> Sipping on blue motherfuckers when I go out to the bar, but um, you know, because of him, it's amped up. So no, um, he got me into the whole beer situation. He was, he gave me my first craft beer, and then hanging out with him and his friends, I just wanted to venture out and find more women who's into beer. Eventually, did that. Started Chicago chapter of Girls Paint Out. Did that for a couple of years. Then stepped back. Then came back into the game like around 2017 ish. Then I started looking for more black people who drink beer, and that just kind of took off and found this whole amazing community. So again, with the bourbon side, I mean, it was kind of like a matter of time because I'm I love uh, barrel aged bourbon beers, you know. So it was like that was like the gateway. But again, him because I have proof of this now. I have proof. <laughs> Last year on actually pre COVID, let's go back to my birthday because COVID started on my birthday, which is March twelfth, right? So it's your I, fault. Right, so I had one bottle of bourbon on my bar. Listening to him, oh, we should try this. We should try this. And mind you, we have two separate bars. This is my bar back here. So from one bottle of bourbon 
to this in the course of a year, it's on him. This is the North. Oh, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. The elephant, his, his, the elephant in the room here. His and her ah! bars? Yeah. yeah. You can't yeah. just gloss over his and her bars. That. <laughs> you know, we're in a, you know, we're in a four-bedroom condo, and this is the North cellar here. But then... <laughs> There's also a West seller. So, I mean, because I had, you know, like we we had different we had different tastes, and I was right. buying a bunch of shit and expensive shit, you know. And we was just like, listen, we're just not gonna have it just hanging out for when people come over. Back when people come over, right. so we, that's how it started. The reserve started like that, like yo, right. we could have it in the gotcha. back, gotcha. You know? and it kind of grew from that. But I tell you something, man. You know, like like she said with the beer and how bourbon kind of ties into it. But like you know, Michael Jackson, the beer hunter, not you know, not the one for this is it. But, <laughs> but Michael Jackson, the beer hunter, like you know, if you follow him, he would talk. He wrote just as many whiskey books as he did beer books. Yeah, his beer friends didn't really know he was writing whiskey shit, and vice versa. His whiskey friends didn't know he was heavy into beer. So I think we kind of took our cue from that, right? And it's like you know, with so many uh, well, Goose Islands in Chicago. And you know, bourbon barrel aged beers is such a staple here. You can't help but want to explore the source, the source bourbon. You know, after you try a handful right. of these bourbon barrel aged beers, yeah. and then that combined with COVID, and a lot of our favorite bars were just kind of selling off their stash because they couldn't have people in there. It was kind of like the perfect storm. So it's like, hey man, if y'all selling off y'all stash, and it's you know you're charging maybe you know forty percent over 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 uh, fucking retail, then I'm gonna do that because I support you guys. But then also. Right. That's the only way I'm acquired this cool fucking bottle. So right, right. the combination of those things kind of led to the momentum of us saying, "Hey, man, we might as well just start our own channel." You know, it's kind of like couples therapy too. That was the third component. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, trust, trust, me. <laughs> trust me, I've I've heard some of y'all's podcasts. I'm like, they working some shit out on this one. <laughs> I'm like, we're gonna speak. You know, we're gonna we, we are coming from a trusted place here. I had to say that on one of the shows. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, Listen yeah, to yeah. a positive intent on the fucking podcast, okay, Shawanda? <laughs> <laughs> so is, is the local, what's the local distillery game like in Chicago? Is it big? Man. Distillery um, game? Yeah. Like I think, urban and whiskeys? Yeah, I think Chicago's competitive for, for booze, right? Here, because yeah. it's in the middle of the country. But, like, I think as far as producers go, I don't think, I think with breweries, there's a ton of breweries. In fact, there's more breweries in Chicago than I think in any other yeah. city. But as far as distilleries go, Chicago's lagging way behind. I think the first distillery after Prohibition was Koval. Yeah. That's like 2009, right? And, you know, everything is uh, single barrel. Like, they don't blend anything. They do all single barrel releases. So Koval and Few are really kind of the, the giants of the local producing okay. scene. And then after that, you know, we get into what, you know, my buddy Andy calls Yankee whiskey. So, like, I'm drinking... um. What is it? Oh, corsets, whips, and whiskey from fucking Journeyman. They're up in uh, Three Oaks, Michigan. Yeah, Thorn Distillery out in the south suburbs. Thorn Distillery. Um, yeah, there's a liqueur company out there too. Yeah. Uh, Apolog Distillery. Yeah. Apolog, which is uh, they focus on liqueurs. And then um, there's one other crew I want to shout out, man, because Blonde was, Brothers. Yeah, Blonde Brothers, but that's in Kentucky, though. No, it's here in Illinois. Blonde Brothers? Yes. Oh, to, that's the, I'm thinking the, of Brow Brothers. No, Blonde Brothers. Blonde Brothers. Think this is what you were talking about? Yeah, this is where they work out shit. <laughs> Blonde, Blonde Brothers. <laughs> Blonde Brothers out in Galena. That's another That's another gigantic. There's uh, others. They're smaller distillers, but yeah. But you could count them all. It's under 10. Okay. Like, it was like 20. Producers? Yeah. 
Okay. There's a whole little, I mean, there are smaller distilleries that we, I just so happen to come across the list that you don't, I mean, they're like kind of way out there, places that I'm not going to go drive to, but you know, right. they're you know, like hidden misses, but they're the first, the key ones that everybody in Illinois knows about, you can count on one hand as to who they are. Got you. So, so Nick, um, let's, we, you know, we ask everybody who comes on this show, yeah. how did you get it? What was your, what was your first quote unquote craft beer that you remember? I tell you, man, I think, um, back in 1801, you know, <laughs> Damn. I think, well, I, 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 um, I was in the North Burbs. I work in the North Burbs and we, those commuter trains from the Burbs to the city, you can drink on those trains and there's always a liquor store, like every stop on the train. Nice. And I got into, uh, three Floyds, man. I get into pride and joy from three Floyds and Robert the Bruce, but really dreadnought dreadnought from three Floyds is the first beer. I got it was uh so, you know so you you started high level. It was uh it was it was right there, you know, it was right there. And it had the uh the naval officer on it, but he had like a peg, one of his legs was wooden, and you know, he had to pass <laughs> and yeah. he was on and he was he was drug as hell, he was on the front of the boat and it said dreadnought, and you know, I was hooked, man. All these big pineapple citrus flavors, double IPA and a fucking bomber. So I was in, I was in. So I'm, I'm curious, what did you just decide? I, I was curious about the label and you was going to try it or did yeah. you see other people do it? Well, how'd that happen? No, that, I mean, that's a fair question. I, that was part of it. I think, honestly, I think it started the precursor to the Three Floyds, those beers. Well, I have a brother named Robert. So Robert the Bruce of Scottish Hill, I used to bring it for him. But the precursor to the craft beers was, uh, honestly, was uh, we was Miller High Life guys and then Miller, Miller. Yeah. Uh, the champagne of beers, whatever right, right, yeah, one that is. Of course, yeah. And then we went into uh we went into Sam Adams. I think Sam okay. Adams was really the jump off, honestly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, in Christmas time they had like this mixed uh Christmas pack. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. And I was, you know, I was very curious. And that's when all the flavors that we didn't know could be beer were in that. So, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So Sam Adams. Yeah. 12 pack <laughs> Sam Adams was the jump off. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. that's when I went to these liquor stores in the burbs and I saw these other beers and I was just curious by label and I would just grab them. Yeah. So did so that lead you into like, you know, the whiskeys and things like that? There was that like barrel age. Maybe was that the, that was that the, the gateway for that? I think there were, there were two, uh, there were two watershed moments. It was uh, drinking these three floor beers and then sharing that conversation with my friends at work. And they said, if you like those beers from Floyd's, you need to come down to dark Lord day uh, and dark, dark Lord, Lord day. Yeah, Dark Lord Day is the only day of the year you can get the Dark Lord. It's at Three Floyds. It's a Russian Imperial Stout, and then they have like some barrel aged variants of it, right? But oh. the but the but it's a big gigantic bottle. Share. It's a beautiful shit show. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a fucking train wreck. Because <laughs> like after it's a train Dark Lord Day, I used to you know we used to link up. I'm like, how the fuck are you so drunk? Like, what is what's <laughs> going on? Like, it's not that bad. Yeah. So I was my first Dark Lord Day in 2019. We're talking like 30,000 people just outside of Chicago in uh, Munster, Indiana, which borders, it borders the suburbs of Chicago. I'm so happy. Like my mom, she lives like literally two minutes from where this festival is at. Mm -hmm. So from the time I stepped foot out of the Uber coming from her house, you have a group of people who don't even know who you are. Hey, do you want some beer? I mean, they're filling you up. Like, they're coming with huge, like, they're coming with some, some showstoppers. I was not ready. I like, I, people had told me the stories, and I remember picking him up and how drunk he was. 
I was not ready for Dark it's Lord not, Day. It's not something you can describe. You just have to go. Just go. So there were two things, Dark Lord Day and then Fobab oh. in Chicago. It's the Festival of Wooden Barrel-Aged Beers. Oh, and that's, that's really Chicago's finest hour. It's usually in the West Loop. And you know, it's that's a that's a global event, right? It's a national, international event. And then we're so close to fucking Kentucky that you know, and it's you know, it's winter, it's the Midwest. That barrel aged beers are a huge part of the culture here. So right. I think those two things, I think, kind of led to us wanting to know more about these whiskeys. I just wanted sure. to try. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah. You what? <laughs> I, just I, just wanted to <laughs> I just wanted to justify my drinking more. Speaking no, of, I I feel that for, for, first, I think. Um, road trip is what comes to mind when he tells that story. Well, yeah, we yeah. gonna go to Chicago. We, we 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 the plan was, you remember, Shalanda, last year yeah. before the, we were like, we're coming to Chicago. It's that's gonna happen. We go, yeah, because I, I, I miss it. I'm missing out. Yeah, I'm that was out. the whole plan in February when we launched was, hey, we're gonna we're gonna take the show on the road, do a bunch of road trips. That didn't last. That plan didn't last. You long. need to drink up because you need to. We oh, need to give him the first mystery beer. Oh, that's right. So that's right. you know, we get he gets three mystery beers. So Nick, yeah. this Nick, he's you know he's about a year into it, it, it. I've coached him up for a year into craft beer, and but we still I bring him surprises every week. So you know, there's your there's your, you know I keep it classy brown paper bags. You know how we do. <laughs> it's a tradition like no other. The brown. Paper <laughs> I came into the show as I like to drink. And that's the thing, how you know, I was telling him, I was like, he's like, we need to, we need to get both of them on because he loves his bourbon too, you know. But you know, this is actually probably maybe the second time he's actually shared any with me. So there's that. Oh wow. <laughs> and we've been doing a podcast for a motherfucking year. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, many of them have been remote. <laughs> but you know what? He lived five minutes from me, man. <laughs> I, you could true. I could I could get some curb service. You could bring me out a little plastic cup or something, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Right in the middle of the street, right in the middle of the street. <laughs> Hello, I've done it. I've done it for him, haven't I? That's true. That's true. You have delivered. When when he when we were doing, he wasn't. He was going to podcast at home. I would drive by, blow the horn, come get this beer. Here's your mystery <laughs> beers. Don't open that shit up till it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, if either of us drive to the other's house, we should be made fun of. That is that is true. <laughs> what do we got here? <laughs> Settling in, land of Manana. Double milk stout with chilies, cinnamon, and vanilla mm. from Alma Mater. Yeah, Alma Mater is one of the newer breweries in Kansas City. And we haven't done this yet today. Junior. Yeah. 8.5%. Yeah, Nick, we got we got one of our regular listeners. And if if we don't shout out what we drink in, that we don't put it in the description, he gets real ornery, you know what I'm saying? So we got to – that's why I asked you what you was drinking. We, we don't want to get in trouble by Junior. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I do get that on my show. Like, hey, how you get into the topic? You even tell us what you drink out. So I got to get better about that. But first of all, I'm already drunk when I start the show. Okay? Right. So there you go. There's that. I did not pregame this week. Why not? What? Well. You got to pregame when you're doing a show. I have an honest question, man. Are you guys – I used to have, like, non-drinking days. But are we are we still doing non drinking days? Somebody, there, there are yeah. there are no rules in COVID world. I mean, it's like the Thunderdome, man. It's right up there by having a beer budget. It's non-existent. Yeah, tell me about it. You can't give yourself that kind of rules and that's, that's parameters of, in COVID. That's a lot world. of pressure. If I decide, if I just if I, if I happen not to drink, that's fine. Does that happen very often? Not very often. I don't want to know what my booze budget has been I, I, yeah. in the last 12 months. Oh, that's not, let's not talk about the negativity. You know, like even like right. I was 
out of boredom, I made a bourbon milkshake. And it was so good. Mm. I thought it fucked the snow, but it turned out so good. So tell us what was in this shake. Huh? What was in this shake? Yeah. So it was old-fashioned vanilla ice cream, about four ounces of uh, of Buffalo Chase's bourbon cream instead of the milk, about uh, four shots of Bell Me, because I used Bell Me because I had run out of Buffalo Chase. Um, about four shots. one teaspoon of chocolate liqueur and three three or four ice cubes, and I mixed it I up. I think we're at six shots now. Man. <laughs> so good. Was it lit? It was lit. So yeah, COVID, I would say, has really enhanced my creativity for cocktails. Well, we're gonna. I want to get into too. You've posted some some beer cocktails. Mm-hmm. That look. Here's here's my complaint about your Twitter feed. Oh shit! I don't always get the recipes posted for those beer cocktails. Mm. <laughs> oh, because I always post the cocktail for the beer recipes. For okay. He's not paying attention. I'm not paying. You're not paying attention in. <laughs> like the answer could be Nick's lazy. It's okay. Okay, well put that on that because I always post cocktail recipes. <laughs> So, so Nick, well, or or Shalanda, either one. Who who decided to be like, you know, you you know, you're, you're digging your beer, you're digging your bourbons and all that. Who decided, you know, I want to write or speak or or you know, be out socially about it. Who who did you start that first, Nick, or was that you, uh, Shalanda? You mean as far as beer? No, just in general, just deciding, you know, hey, I'm gonna do some shit that you know that's out there promoting the shit. Oh, it was oh, definitely yeah. beer. It was definitely Nick first. Nick was doing Chicago beer geeks long before I came into the picture. That's oh, is that right? As as, you know, me in the beer industry. Yeah, I think yeah. our first story on Chicago beer geeks with Shalanda was was called the return of Afro beer chick because before before Afro beer chick, she was the president of uh, Chicago Girls Pine Out. I was a Shalanda. She was just Shalanda back then. You know, she had like you know, she had a little short haircut with a little had a little. Was it a perm? I feel like you had a perm. I did have a perm. Had a little perm. She had the perm up top. But I think Chicago Beerkeys came online in 2010, and you know nowadays. Right around starting. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, 2010, and then you know the newspaper was covering a little bit, but there was no no big social no no big social feeds, no no Eater Chicago, no magazine features, none of that shit back then. And we were just trying to remember what we had drank and what party we went to because it was happening so fast. So then my buddy was like, "Yo, we're starting a website," and all I heard was, "We're starting a band," and we just started fucking <laughs> story after story after story. We did two talk. We did uh, two documentaries. Yeah. That was super fun. Really? Yeah. And you know, we had uh, we started the Chicago Brew Bus. It was uh, three stops in three hours. It was a dive bar on wheels. You know, we wow. went and got the, the Hertz. You know, the it was it was it was the worst, man. It was the worst. It was, it was also beautiful. <laughs> no, we got the Hertz. You know, the little Hertz uh, airport shuttle. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we took that and you know we painted over it and it's then short, we, the short bus. We got the short bus. <laughs> Seventeen people, you know, and then we uh, it was funny. We we drove down to we drove down to um we drove down to Missouri and got it. And he was like, <laughs> of and course, he, kept smoking, he kept smoking Paul Malls and he kept saying, "Pal," he's like, "This is a good deal, pal." You know, it was like three K for this fucking bus. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, Chicago Chicago Brew Bus was on, and then that's when Sh- Shalanda joined Chicago Girls Pine Out. But yeah, so we were focused on stories every week. Let's talk about events. Let's talk about stories. Let's talk about neighborhoods and people and the places. Because Chicago, you know, um, what is it? My mom tried to send me to a uh, fucking... <laughs> Let me tell you real quick about Chicago. 
My mom tried to send me to a boarding school in Huntsville, Alabama. And Huntsville, Alabama told me that uh, Huntsville, Alabama has more square footage than Chicago. But and that to say that you could be in Chicago and it's a big ass city, but you know, there's a there's a ton going on in this little square mileage. So when we write these stories every week, it's like, oh shit, you know, I'm learning about I'm learning about something new. People are learning about something new through these stories, and that's really how it started. You know, we felt important it was important to do because if it's a party going on on the west side, and I'm a, and I'm way to fuck up north, we're not going to the party, but we want to know what's going on. <laughs> You're a reporter at heart. <laughs> there was no party in Chicago that Nick did not know about. It the party didn't start until Nick got there. Everybody knew Nick. I mean, Chicago Biggies. If you heard the name Chicago Biggies, you ha- you seen Nick. You knew Nick. That was it. That was all. My crew was in the burbs. Yeah, the other three guys were in the burbs. I was the only one in the city. So yeah. you guys just decided you, you were drinkers and decided you wanted to document the shit, or what? It made that made sense. It made sense to start documenting it. Wow. Yeah. And That's I, a great story. I, I, are you still active? Is it still going? Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, we try to do a story every month. So I think our last story was on, um, you know, one of our favorite spots was uh, Lowry's Prime Rib downtown. Lowry's like the the season salt. The season, yeah. Yeah. They're in. Uh, they got a. Uh, they had a restaurant that was ran for almost fifty years, and it's in a mansion right a block from Michigan Avenue. And they used part of this was a block from Shalanda's job, right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, it's right around the corner. Um, they took maybe a quarter of the capacity and turned it into a gastropub. And it was the only spot downtown that was constantly doing beer dinners. They had a to-go program for these large format like wild ales and shit. And then they closed recently because of COVID. Oh damn! So damn. that was the last story on on, on Chicago beer. Yeah, so. great have, have you guys seen any any breweries shut down? Well, during this because of COVID. Rest in peace, Argus. Argus was the very first brewery that I had come into contact with when I started my beer journey. Um, it was the first um, event that I was invited to. Um, it was the first. It was the only Southside brewery for a long yeah, it was time. The only Southside brewery. Then I put Nick on a Nick counter. They became like best friends. Oh, those are my those are my guys. They were so cool. Yeah, they brewed in the old uh, Schlitz Hortz stables, so it was right really? off the, nice. right off the commuter chain, and it That's was. Cool. Uh, it was in a landmark building. It was in a national landmark, that yeah. building. Yeah, and they closed, uh, to I think, 2009 is when they opened. So wow. that was yeah. a casualty. The only uh, Michelin pub, uh, only Michelin pub, the only Michelin star brew pub in the city. Yeah. Fucking Band of Bohemia, they closed. Damn. Wow. Um, I'm glad we went for your birthday before they closed. We did. Yeah. Honestly, their beer was weird as fuck. Like it was, one of, <laughs> it was one of those situations where you would never stick out their beer. Their beers outside of dinner. Their beers went with their menu. With the food, gotcha. Yeah, it went with the food. Uh, so yeah. So if you saw them at a park at a festival and you just had the beer, you wouldn't drink. It. You know, it's got this brown ale with sweet potatoes in there. You're like, well, why the fuck am I drinking this? Yeah, you wouldn't. that sounds good to me. I would try <laughs> that shit. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there, there have been some closures. Yeah. And you know the economy's failing, and that, that just sucks. You know, all yeah, our fortunately, fortunately yeah, we, we're here, lucky here. We yeah, haven't we, seen it yet. We got we got more we got more motherfuckers just opening. I mean, mm. we we got three coming online in the next month. It's right. crazy. Wow, so crazy. Yeah, state by state, right? I feel like that's what's going on. Like every state has a different story about COVID. Yeah, yeah it, it's it, yeah, nobody's. That's you one know, of the few good stories uh, from Missouri during this. But yeah, well, you know, the thing about here is, you know. The to go game has actually been better for some breweries than actually having the tap room open. 
you know, because, you know, it's people were like, oh, you better come get that shit now. <laughs> you know, so, you know, because now the, the model is here. Like on Thursdays, a lot of breweries, breweries will be like, hey, we're putting out this beer at 8 p.m. Um, online. You better get in while you fit in, right? Um, there's this there's this really great brewery, uh, BKS. You know they're 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 similar to Side Project, where it's Ooh. it's 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 they do everything they do is just really ridiculous. But literally, when they go on at eight o'clock on Thursdays, they're gone. It's gone. I mean, and I know the yeah, brewer. I'm not I'm not going to hit him up like oh yo hold me some shit back, but. You know, somebody you know somebody got butt hurt on one of the forums on Facebook about. I was getting butt hurt on Facebook <laughs> about, about, about not, being get, not being able to get here. I'm like, bro, you need to calm down. First of all, it ain't that serious. So what I'm so what I'm getting is is that Nigel is going to send Shalanda some beer mail and vice versa. Um, you know what? what I heard. Look, look, we, hold we on. Make that happen. That's hold what on. I heard. That's what mm-hmm. I heard. Mm-hmm. You need to I'm go like back. My daughter, to, now I'm hearing what I want to hear. You you need to go back to your 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 DM from the last time you were on, and I asked you, "What's your address?" I'm gonna send you some beer. Oh, damn. cricket, cricket. Hey, hold on. <laughs> let me say. Let me say. See, what had happened was. An- <laughs> You know when it starts with what had happened. Oh, I know. I know that. I know that. I know that line. Because I think we were gonna we were sending up a couple of shirts. It was was, let me say the Bourbon and Snout Club shirt. What happened is it's so funny, but it's by the grace of God. I'm not religious or anything, but it's by the grace of God. Like I see the message for this show because normally my DMs get so wild, I get to the point where I don't even check them. You know what's you know what's funny about that though? Every time I've hit you up, you've always responded. I don't know why that is. I appreciate it. Don't say that. Don't tell me that. <laughs> I'm going to edit that part out. She's, she's saying, out. Do not give a precedent. Normally, I'm I don't, because normally I don't check my messages. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit that out. Sorry. I'm to, see, Nick, I'm, Nick, I'm up to edit now, bro. <laughs> I'm going to edit that one. They're like, they're like, hey, you see, like, yo, what's up? How are you just going to overlook us like that? If there's some beer mail and there's some side project in it, or if there's something from, I think, Rieger. Rieger's at Kansas City. Distillery. Oh, you want some Rieger? Oh, you want? Yeah. Oh, that's easy, button. We only get some of them here. We don't get them all here. Yeah. So if the if the, if the the beer mail includes those things, we'll make sure to hook it up. On the return end, we'll, we'll, that, we'll hold it down. And that's, that, you know, that's easy, button. I mean, the last cat we had on, um, uh, Crafted Beer Culture out of Ohio, he was all about the brown ales. So I went around town and picked up some brown ales, sent them directly to him. So, yeah. Shalanda, just send me that address. He was drinking water. mead that whole show. <laughs> <laughs> I got I to gotta ask a question, though. This is a random question. What's the flashing light behind y'all? What is that? Flashing. Oh, it's lights. somebody. It's actually. Um, <laughs> She's got this fucking remote. Here, this, this is the it's remote. It's my LED oh. lights. Oh, you need to. You need, oh, you, that's way too fast. If I had, I could have a seizure looking at that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it be a little warning in the Yeah, you, you need to put that shit on the slow road. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was trying to put it on low, and he had the remote. <laughs> I can never care. When it's time to read a, a beer label, and I'm like, God damn, it's, 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 it's red. I can't see shit. I'm not it. Hold on. Don't do me. Don't do me. Is it, fr- put the colorful mm. lights on. Mm. Oh, 
That's hilarious. So, you know, you guys are both have your own uh look. He just teased up a little thing. Ridiculous. Warning, warning. Flashy light might give Nigel issues. You know, so you guys are both in both in the social space. Um, how did you guys decide, hey, let's do this this neat pour together? At, at what point did you guys decide, oh, we can do this together? I tell you, man, we always knew like well, we knew Shalanda's thing. I think we talked about this when we were out in the South Burbs. I'm like, like, cause all my, all my, all my beer outlets have Chicago in the name, right? right. So I'm like, when she comes out with, she's like, I'm, I'm gonna be Afro beer chick. I'm like, well, shit, you know, your it's personality based, and then it's not Chicago based, and then you know, you're gonna have, you have a chance to be bigger than all this shit that we've done, right? So I was always, you know, you get out of the way because Shalanda's, you know, Shalanda's got a presence, you know, so so when. <laughs> Oh, that, that's oh. a compliment. No, I know my husband. You know, you know, you know, you know, you got to make, you know, you got to make room. You know, Shalanda, Shalanda's got a presence. So when I think the conversation came up, and I don't know how the I Nipor, say, you know what, I don't know how the Nipor conversation came up because you know my husband can't say what he did five minutes ago. So we were sitting in this living room. I was sitting on the floor. He was sitting in the chair, one of these chairs against the other wall, right? I said, you know what? We should do a bourbon podcast because the bourbon, the barber's growing. He's like, you know what? I'm down with that. And then he was like, well, what do you, what would we call it? We went through a couple of names and 10 minutes later, not even 10 minutes, I was like, oh, we should call it the Neat Port. He's like, oh, that's a dope name. So I searched it. Cindy was taken on first the website. It wasn't. I had already secured it within like five seconds and it took off. So it happened with the course of like 10 minutes. It made so much, it made so much sense. And then I think the, the staples of the show was we'll do an audio show and then we'll do a written piece every week. And then Shalanda's like, well, I'll make cocktails every week. And I'm like, well, shit, kind of I'm like, there we go. There you, go. you know, so those were the three pillars of the show. And then That's we dope. could talk out for a half hour. Our first show was uncle nearest. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, Victoria that is a fantastic yeah, and the story behind it is amazing. It's really cool, man. Um, the eighteen eighty four—that's when uh, Nears retired. Yeah, the dog know? right here. Yeah, the eighteen twenty when Nears was born, and then the eighteen fifty six when he started distilling, and that was uh, oh Victoria Edie Butler. Shout out to her. Twenty twenty one whiskey icons master blender of the year wow. for Uncle wow. Nears. Yeah, um, Buffalo Trace was in that category. So was Wild Turkey and like six others. And she won out as master, as master distiller of the year, master blender of the year. And like you said, it's such a dope story, man. Yeah, there was this black man who taught uh, fucking Jim Jim Beam, not Jim Beam, mm -hmm. Jack Daniel. Jack Daniel. He, taught, Daniel. he taught Jack Daniel how to distill. And um, yeah, and people looked into it. People looked into it because they saw nearest green's family dressed in what could only be described as high society as high society garb and they're like who the fuck is this guy <laughs> who the fuck is this guy and then that led to them building a whole distillery around the the uncle nearest story and then the master blender is his great granddaughter <laughs> right wow like a, yeah. a dope story man yeah that's crazy yeah. Our our friend who owns the the local liquor store that that we go to and who got me these these bottles, he got to tour that distillery a couple years ago, and he just said it was amazing to go through. Yeah, I can't wait until we can travel and and be able to do the same. I think I want to go to San Diego <laughs> as a beer town, and I want to go to New I want to go to New Orleans, and then I want to I love New Orleans. 
I want to go. I want to go see Uncle Nearest. I want to go see that. Yeah, New Orleans is my city, man. It's it's kind of sad. The last two years, I had been to twelve out of thirteen Mardi Gras. And oh wow! Yeah, he told me that the last time. Yeah. Yeah, last year I didn't go because I went to other halves, uh, uh, Pastry Town, which was a ridiculous beer festival right before COVID shut shit down. That was crazy. You say what? No, pastry. No, <laughs> pastry town. No, that's a classic. That's a classic name for a party. <laughs> hey, where, where are we going? Hey, get in the car. We're going to pastry town. We're going to pastry town. Oh, we're, going, we're going to pastry town. No, it was a. Uh, it was a. It was a. Uh, it was in Brooklyn, and it was uh, pastry stouts, pastries, and wrestling. <laughs> it was so and bad. wrestling. Yeah, it was so ridiculous. I will sit up and watch uh, oh my three hours of Ric Flair's greatest <laughs> All interview. Not one fucking match. Just Ric yeah, Flair talking yeah. for three hours <laughs> on YouTube. I will watch no, that. Y'all don't understand the depth of that. Like, oh my God. It's like, I got, yeah. Make us beer time. It's beer time. No. By the way, the Alma Mater beer was amazing. Yes, yeah, that's a really nice beer. Shout out to uh, Nick Mater's. Good, good beer. What do we got? Oh, another stout. What are you? What are you cracking over there? This is actually another transient. This is Martian My Hello, and it's so good. So Nick, what's what's uh, who are you digging in Chicago? I know, I know, I know. Shalanda loves uh, Revolution Brewing. You know, she. Let me tell y'all something. Okay, let me tell y'all. Let me say. First of all, of course I love Revolution because they have a dope barrel program, but I also love Maplewood and Phase Three. And oh my God, there's so many others. And um uh what's that other one? Foreign Exchange is what we just had. I'm not even hating on you. I just know you talk about them a lot, so it's gotta be good. I've never had it. It's the largest independent because you know, Goose is here and Lagunitas is here. Right. And those are the two biggest breweries, but they both sold, you know, the A B and Heineken. Respectively, Rev, Rev's the largest independent brewery in Chicago. Okay, they're just really dope people. I just really love their their energy. That's a fact, man. And, 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 yeah, that's that's awesome. You know, I mean, I don't know about you. I, the, the, the people I know in Kansas City beer, uh, beer community are, are are pretty fucking dope. You know, I don't I don't know any I don't know any and, and well maybe one or two, but but we're not gonna talk about them. But ninety nine percent of them are really are really good people, and and you know do some dope ass dope ass beer. Yeah. Um, so Nick, well, who's your who do you, who you like up there? Yeah, man. I would say uh, shout out to Half Acre. Um, that's probably okay. the most well-rounded crew in Chicago. Uh, shout out to Haymarket. They're uh, the first the first crew to start in West Loop, and I just love you know classic Belgian styles and barrel aged stouts. And that guy, the brewmaster there, started the festival of wooden barrel aged beers. And uh, me and my buddy Brad, every week, man, we drink. Uh, he drinks a lot of solemn oath. And they're in the burbs. And I think they, they're a good example of what the burbs can do. And um, that's not something I would drink if it wasn't for him. So that's shout out to Solemn Solemn Mouth Brewing, you know, IPAs okay. and fucking Imperial Stouts. So is, is uh, what's your what's your style preference? And what about you, Shalanda? What's your IPA style? What was what, you know, what's not my style preference? <laughs> OK, what is not your style? Look, <laughs> no out, non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> What that, about zero point four? That and porters. But you fuck with pressed. It's a uh... okay. So here's the thing: if you, yes, I do like pressed. I do like the porter that Reb just did. Um, which one was that? Eugene, the coffee Eugene. No, not the coffee Eugene. The one that came. It was a. Uh, 
Oh. I can't remember right now. I've been drinking. But anyway, anything that says Imperial Porter, I'm going to consider just a stout. It's just a stout at that point. That's a strange way of saying It's not strange. It's an alternate way of saying stout. <laughs> Imperial Porter. You know, and- well, actually, it, it seems weird to me that if you. I- if you like stouts as much as you do, that you would like the porters too. So that's a weird line for me to hear. I think she and I are on the same page because I think we talked about this last time where porters is just a bit different. If you catch me on like, if you call me on like uh, Daddy Porter's Greg Washington uh, podcast, uh-huh. <laughs> his name was Daddy Porter. I was on his show and I said, they taste like tasteless brown water. <laughs> she always says that. It's like, a bit much. It's like, it's <laughs> left out all day long. It's just flat. It's like flat pop. It's like you only want to drink it. It's more. just as filling. It's very filling, but without the reward of, you know, giving you that nice warm buzz. Tastes great, less filling. <laughs> no taste, no filling. <laughs> Nigel, we've got Martin City's anniversary stout. Yeah, Martin City Martin is probably City right here next to us, next yeah, door. It's probably the second oldest brewery in Kansas City. No shit. Which, which is seven years. Really? <laughs> Martin City Brewing. And as far as we know, not sexist. Well, Boulevard. Yeah, Boulevard's the oldest. <laughs> man, don't get me started on Boulevard. Hey, Boulevard. They, so the old man who started Boulevard had to go he back. back. He had to come back. all the, the top two spots because they yeah. were over there, you know, like, you but, know, you know, you know, doing, when, doing the most. They had to bring Daddy back. <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> well, you know here it is. He he knew what was going on, so it's like whatever. I'm not. I'm not buying. So, Boulevard, the biggest. Who are the three biggest breweries in in uh, in Missouri? Uh, Boulevard's one, right? Now, now, if you go Missouri, if you go Kansas City, uh, if you're gonna go Missouri, it's, it's obviously Budweiser. Yeah, it's in oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if, we'll craft. We talk. We, we'll just craft. We'll solve. No, All right. Nothing. 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 St. Louis counts. Yeah, he don't like St. Louis. Okay. <laughs> no, no, it, no. It, it, no, 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 um, no. St. Louis does count because I'm going to say second shift. Libby and Steve, oh, they do, they shout do out to second there. shift. I fuck hey, with look, look I fuck don't with bring your logic and good points to this show. There's a whole he lot just, of finger pointing. Just in like right I, now. I don't, I don't like, I don't like Cardinals. He fans. don't like Cardinals fans. That's his. Problem. That's really what it comes down to. I don't like. Cardinals. St. Louis Cardinals. But whatever. But we're not going to overlook Libby and Steve. And no, no, no. no. I love their story. Now, I think in, in Kansas City. No, there's good, there's good beards. In Kansas City, yeah. probably, probably Martin City's a, 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 a bigger one. Probably uh, Casey Beer. You know, they do German style. Um, like you said, second shift in St. Louis. I, I don't know who would be after them in, in, in uh, St. Louis. I'm not that familiar. So um, I, I have no idea. But as far as here in Kansas City, most of the breweries here are probably five years Old or less? No shit. Yeah, it's we're we're way behind the curve. But what's the what's the oldest? You know, obviously you got Goose in, in Chicago, but there's uh, eighty eight. Eighty eight is Goose, but then okay. after that, but to your point though, between eighty eight and like oh nine, when like uh, Metro, Metro Peace, and yeah. uh, you know, like between eighty eight and oh nine, Goose was the only game in town for like fucking eleven years. Yeah. So it's not, you know what I mean? And then, but and then after that, it started to get strange, and then everybody's everywhere all of a sudden. Yeah, I'd say what 12, 2012, 2013 is really when it started, and in the last four years, it's yeah, just probably, exploded. Yeah, the last four or five say, years. I'm gonna say a little bit later than that. I'm gonna say a little bit later than that. I'm gonna say like around the 2016, 2017 mark, because like you know, I said this all the time. Like even when I came back, when I when I came back as ABC. I was actively looking for black breweries. Right. Time, it was only six on the map. You can count them. You just, <laughs> right. you can just name them all. 
Now it's like 60 of them. So breweries have been taking off, you know, like back to back within the last four or five years. You know, that's all over. If we were doing inventory nationwide, you would say definitively 2013 to 2017 is the is the heart of the nationwide it's like the baby boomer beers <laughs> but you know the, the funny thing about that is you know you go to different parts of the country like i i, you, I wouldn't i never thought northern california was beer country like sacramento they got breweries that are 20 years old i had no idea went up there sacramento had 50 breweries within uh, a 10 mile radius around downtown 50 of them and most of them weren't new so it's you know it's it's weird because depending on where you go you know i mean there's some places you know i mean michigan got some old ass breweries too you know i mean obviously where you guys are you know what i'm saying well, you know you know it's 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 really depends on what part of the country you're in i mean i think you're on to something though man nigel like if you look at the oldest breweries in town and we were talking to uh, the Beer Edge about this. It's like the oldest breweries in town didn't necessarily have like all the concentration of breweries. Like you talk about Sacramento in comparison to California. Look at fucking, um, you know, uh, Sierra Nevada. They're in like Nico, right. Nevada, but they're like the third or fourth largest yeah. brewery in the country. Yeah, I think yeah. like the, those breweries like in Chicago, all the burbs, there's tons of breweries in the burbs that showed up in the 90s. And then city proper had like two breweries, you know. So yeah. I think it's weird. It's weird. Like I think like just because you're in a near a metro metropolis doesn't mean that you were around the older crews. The older crews were happening in places like fucking Chico or right. in fucking uh, Barrington, Illinois, wherever the fuck that is. Right? Like, <laughs> like an hour away. They weren't happening in the in the um. They weren't happening near metropolises necessarily. Right. You know. Yeah, here I yeah. think for us it was like back in the '90s. It was you know there'd be like a restaurant. There was a, a restaurant group that you know brew pubs that would that would pop up and last for a little bit. I wouldn't even say a brew pubs. It was one. So I'm too young for that conversation. We know. In the, 90s, <laughs> in the '90s, I was still in high school. Look, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so was I. Sort of. We were all in. I mean, I was too. I was in high school. But you're still old and nerd, I, I, I was not. Just I'm, I'm going to keep that real. Well, yeah, but you're old. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I like to. I like to consider it seasoned. Maybe you seasoned. Yeah, you know. Maybe seasoned. That's a nice word. Like. <laughs> and he's sticking to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel well. good, man. I can still hit the fastball as long as I get the fastball. Oh, were you a baseball guy? Yeah, you get me out when you get me out with that curveball, but you know I still hit that fastball. Okay, so you, you still on you still on the softball diamond? <laughs> you got just swinging. Jumper's knee, a deep a jumper's knee, and a deep V neck. <laughs> oh gosh! Are, are you are you softball guy? You know, I do like. I mean, it's summertime. You know, you gotta you gotta be out every single day. That's over fucking seventy because we don't have very many of them. So yes, yeah. So if, if somebody's coming to Chicago, let's say me and Nick come to Chicago, where you got where you what you gonna do with us? What let's say we're there for a weekend. Where where do we go? Man, first of all, let me tell you something now. With Chicago, okay, we're just if you were talking just the city of Chicago, we're never talking about Chicago land. All right. I'm, Chicago I'm, land I'm, Chicago land has like 177 breweries. Well, you're you're Julie from the Love Boat. You're the cruise director. The so you love get, you get, boat. <laughs> Basically, so, so we're gonna get the all of a sudden knock, knock, knock. <laughs> Nigel and Nick are here. All right, where so, are we going? We're like, oh, Dolly. 
<laughs> First of all, okay, like, look, um, we're doing just breweries, man. Okay, you. Oh God, it's just so much. I say this every. I feel like I, I always repeat myself with the podcast. You have to know like what part of Chicago you're coming to because, like, again, so Chicago has 77 different neighborhoods, and each in each neighborhood you get something different. Right. So, like, if you want to hit up the South Side, you have Mars, you have Lagunitas, you have Lores, you have Alulu. Then you hit up here by us. You have, you know, you have Rev, you have uh, Half Acre, you have Peckish Pig, which is an Evanston that a lot of people overlook. Is it all depends where you're where you want to focus on. You right. know, you can bounce around. Really, a weekend is not enough to hit just the Chicago Brewers. You need to be here for about almost two damn weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta find more sponsors. Yeah. There's no truth in that. I like what they did with the oil sponsor thing. We need to get a sponsor for the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know how the hell that happened, but, but shout out to Do- Dire Oil Graphics because we're like, okay. Well, we got a my, look, I just got a, a dope new intro for this chick talks to me. I can't wait to play for the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> I think what Shalanda was saying is you got to, when you come to Chicago, just focus on a couple of neighborhoods that you're going to get through. And I think the three neighborhoods that are probably the most important in Chicago right now for beer are probably, I would say, West Loop, uh, Logan Square. And uh, Malt Row up in Ravenswood, right? So we would take you to some breweries in those three neighborhoods. I I'm gonna, think. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to, to, I'm gonna ask you to answer it this way too, because since you do, you do the Chicago Beer Geeks, which is a little bit of a journalism twist, right? You're reporting on it, which that's yeah, my background and my thing. Brewery with a great story. I want to go visit a brewery that's got a good story. Oh, this is Mr. Chicago right here. He could definitely man, answer that. I tell you, man, we used to take the Chicago brew bus down to Lagunitas, and Lagunitas is on Cinespace. You know, first of all, it's on the west side, right? Where you know, west side is the best side. That's where the Black Panthers were. You know, that's where the the Chicago, <laughs> a lot of the the Great Migration, where a lot of these folks came from. Oh yeah, yeah. From yeah. Mississippi, a lot of them land on the west side. My folks are from the west side. You know, so Douglas Park, the largest park in the city, is fucking two blocks away from Lagunitas. So this guy, fucking Tony McGee, who's from, you know, the Chicago Burbs, went to Petaluma, California, started his brewery. Right. It became a top five brewery in the country. And he's like, I need a second project. So he's like, I want to go home for my second project. He don't ask for no money from the city. Right. And then he builds his project. You know, he comes up with two hundred fifty million dollars on his own and builds the largest brewery in the history of Chicago. In Cinespace. So we're talking, I don't know if you remember that Batman movie with uh with Heath Ledger where they burned all that money. Yeah. You know, he burned all that money up in the fucking in one of the scenes. That's Lagunitas. That's where Lagunitas is now. Really? <laughs> it's on it's they took out Empire's film there. Um, so Cinespace let me let me jump to my makeup side real quick. So I've actually done makeup there at Cinespace. It's freaking huge. You have literally like Eight warehouses size lots with these buildings. I mean, it's you can literally get lost over there. And then you, off to the side, you have Lagunitas. Yeah, so Lagunitas occupies a chunk of center space, right? Which is basically like uh, you know uh, the movie movie theater. It's like uh, it's 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 where they film movies and, and TV shows and shit. Mm-hmm. It's right. studio space. It's a studio space. So there are a pair of 250 barrel systems in this place. And then they have this sea of 750 barrel fermenters. 
Right. It's the biggest. It's larger than every other brewery in Chicago combined on the west side of the city, which is predominantly black and Mexican. Right. They got so much. They got so much steel there that they they bought the Germans a house across the street because it's in a residential neighborhood. And they bought the Germans a house across the street and they call it the uh, what do they call it? They call it the fuck. I don't know. I've been drinking. What did you pour, Shalanda? What did you just pour? You you brought oh, out a bottle. You don't put me on blast like that. <laughs> no, I, we we got we got let people what know what that was. About. It was Bardstown Fusion Series. Oh, there we okay. go. Okay, yeah. But I would say go to go to Lagunitas, man. That's a Chicago guy who didn't want to do nothing but come back to Chicago and build the largest brewery Chicago's ever seen. And it's something we never talk about because you know. They took 500 mil from Heineken one year and right. they quietly, quietly took another 500 yeah. mil and sold completely to fucking Heineken over two years. No, I've heard so, great. I've heard great things about that spot. Yeah, they have a, they have a really dope spot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so so you say it's in a, in a black and, and Latino neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. They got they got any people of color working there. Oh, yeah. They had a lot. They had a ton of color. OK, good. That's good. All the fucking hipsters. Because, you know, like uh, Douglas Park, right after Douglas Park, just south of that is uh, Pilsen, which is a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood. OK. So you go in there, you see black, white, Latino, and they all got the same fucking, uh, you know, the 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 beanie hat on, and it's ever so gently, ever so gently yeah, yeah, past yeah, the hairline, yeah. so you can yeah, see yeah, yeah, their fucking hair. Yeah. It's the same setup. The seven different races all dressed the exact same. You are not going to put a hood in Chicago and not hire any of the black and brown people in that community because yeah. you get roasted. You know, that's, in, that's the what embassy. That's what they call a joint. They got. They got these Germans living across the street in a townhouse called the Embassy, and it's all the Germans in case equipment breaks yeah. down. They're logging it. Yeah. That's that's my beef with Boulevard. You know, it's in the Latino neighborhood, and, and has been for, since the beginning. Yeah, from the beginning, and, and, and a, I ain't, I've seen in in the years I've been there, I know two black people who work there. I know no Latinos that ever worked there. Yeah, because that's bullshit. Because Lagunitas, man, like we would uh, take the brew bus through there and we'd hang out. And, you know, you know, we maybe just hang out and smoke and drink with some of whoever's hanging outside. Mm-hmm. Talk about how, man, when Lagunitas came to town, um, everybody who's got an ID that's got that fucking uh, zip code on it, uh. you know, they're allowed a free case of beer and swag and you know and they would go around and they would just give beer to anybody everybody who lived in the neighborhood came there, came there and got free beer because it was they wow. were in the middle of their neighborhood yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a destination full disclosure yeah. fucking douglas park wasn't a destination until lagunitas it's only there. a destination for two things either lagunitas or pitchfork and that's it yeah so pitchfork it was riot fest riot fest riot fest it's a we summer just, summer festival yeah. gotcha. three-day summer music fest Riot Fest is a couple blocks from Lagunitas, but yeah. yeah, I think that's a story. Like we all know about, you know, all the all the nerdy, you know, popular beer nerd breweries in Chicago. But right, no one, nobody talks about the biggest brewery this town's ever fucking seen. No one ever talks about Lagunitas, which is you know a little weird to me. So that's why I focus. Well, you know, on that's it. a that's a good story. And and the thing about Lagunitas, it's it's almost like they're you know they were. You know, probably 2012, 2013, you know, you know, we were getting that shit here and it, it, it doesn't, you don't even see it very much anymore, which is weird, at least yeah. here, you know, because yeah. one of my favorite beers is that damn Hop Stupid. Hop Stupid, oh, yeah. a little something, something. Yeah. Uh, Maximus. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I don't know why they're not talked about anymore because they've always done great beer. How, how long have they been around? Uh, Chicago Nita's opened probably... 
I would say 2015. Would 2015. Be my, I would say 2015. Yeah. But they've been in Cali for forever, right? Well, they've been in Cali since like the late 90s. Yeah. If you, if they, well, they sold to Heineken, but if you didn't count them and in the sale, same with Goose, like Lagunitas would be the fifth largest brewery in the country. Right. If they, but they're not counted in the Brewers Association stats. So it's, uh, you know, Sam Adams and, you know, Oscar Blues and fucking, uh, and, and uh, Sierra Nevada. Right, right. So, and then, um, but Lagunitas would be right there, but they sold. So crazy. Uh, I, yeah, I, I need to go get me. I need to blow this dude's mind with some hop stupid. Hop stupid. <laughs> a, little, a little something, something. A little something. Yeah, something, yeah, yeah. I had, I had actually had one of those the other night. I was at a friend of mine's house, and surprisingly, she had an actual craft beer in her in her, in her refrigerator. So I was like, I'm drinking that shit. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. so what's what's next? What, what are y'all doing in 2021? I, I know Shalanda, you know, and I, and I and you know, look, I see your face. You know, I you know, 2020 was about talking about it. 2021 is about being about it, right? Oh, you mean for as the uh, just, to, my, just in general, just my social injustice side. Yeah, well, well, not even that. Just you know, social injustice. Just you know, you know us being people who are who love breweries and and love the drinking game, and you know, we talk. We had a lot of talk last year. What's what, what's on the horizon for you? What do you? What, you know, uh, COVID nineteen aside, <laughs> COVID, what you, you know what? COVID has put a damper in some serious plans. Some some two of the biggest plans that I had. Yeah. Um. And I, but I am working on the back end on something huge. And I'll cross my. I can't put it out there yet, but I'm crossing my fingers. I hope and pray that it that it kicks off. Hey, when we gonna open this bottle shop? Okay, yeah. So, dang. They got to work something out again. God. No, God so, in 2020, I had a hopes of, you know, open up a bottle shop. I wanted to be the first black-owned bottle shop here in Illinois. Because here in Illinois, there's only 9% black-owned liquor stores. That's it. Um, which, is, no, yeah, which is weird. There's no black-owned bottle shops at all. So, I right. wanted to be the first. Um, and... I had investors. I was ready to go, but then COVID hit. Right. It was like, you know, it's like, how do you, it's like a catch 22 with here. I can't speak on any other states. Opening up a business here where business are, business is already struggling would have been very irresponsible of me. Cause it's like, it's like you know, the, we already have businesses struggling. They're, they're trying to get businesses in. Right. It's like I had to kind of put that on hold. So I had to kind of revamp. So my thing is, now, as I'm putting that on hold, I want to work on the whole documentary of being black and craft. I'm going to kick that off as well as a whole nother project that I can't talk about just yet. But it's just I have I have things that I'm working on. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the talk. It's, it's time to walk the walk. And especially right. we're calling out a lot of the breweries that participated in the blackest beer. The black is beautiful. beautiful movement. Right. It's like, OK, yeah, you pandered to us. You were quick to show us that you participated. Where are your fucking receipts? So it was like now it was like, I want to see action. No more right. talk. Where's right. where's the action? You right. know. So that's what I'm on. Is I tell you something, man. To just to piggyback off what she's saying, like the back, the black is beautiful movement from last year was cool, you know, and they got a conversation started. Right. But, you know, there were some black breweries across the country that you know had to close over over that over the time where a black is beautiful beer was a spotlight. And right. then you know, I, I can speak locally about how, like, a lot of these breweries, they they made a black is beautiful beer, 
but then they gave the funds to um, crews that were just like, you know, that weren't necessarily beer crews. Right. You know, they gave it to like, you know, some some block block club Chicago and shit like that. They didn't give yeah. it to they didn't necessarily use the money to make craft beer more inclusive. So right. I think in 2021, like those initiatives, those initiatives need to be more pointed. Right. So that, you know, like look at what uh Black and Brew Chicago is. Oh doing. man, she is a mi- or yes. Look at, look at what beer culture is doing, right? Right, like, beer culture. Yeah, yeah. Crown of Hops and Crown Eugenia Hops, for Black, uh, beer chick, Black, yes. Black Beer Chick, yes. Black Beer Chick. Yeah. Like doing having a nationwide initiative that's right. more pointed, that actually um, you know, that's focused on getting more black people who yeah. want to be in beer in beer, I think should be a 2020 20 initiative. Yeah, I I love what culture's doing with, you know, paying for the you know, for the uh, the Cicerone and all that business, you know, that's 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 huge, you yeah. know, because Cicerone, yeah. <laughs> what are some what are some action things? Because we we talk about this a lot, right? So we we have a lot of the conversations, we talk about it. What are some actual you know actionable things that can happen? Action items so to to, to open up the industry. I mean, you know, Nigel Nigel works part-time at, at what four different three or four different it's, breweries it's, around here it's only three but <laughs> only three <laughs> but he drinks at them all i get confused <laughs> but you know he'll tell you he's one of he's one of two people of color serving beer so in the city so for me um when you have breweries that has the money behind them i get them to hit me up and say hey can you sit on this panel for diversity inclusion and let's talk or and I've gotten to the point I tell them, no, I'm not talking about diversity and inclusion with you guys anymore no. because you want to know why you guys have the money. You know what you're supposed to do. You have a diversity um, director. So why do you need me? Now, I want to see you guys open up more opportunities for these um, minority, for for these black breweries. Offer them scholarships. Offer them grants. You know, Teach your own company about diversity and inclusion. You don't need us to be your voice. Right. It's about taking that walk. You know what I'm saying? So when people ask me about Goose, and I'm Goose does a lot outside of what we don't see. That's why you never see me go after them. Because there's a lot of initiatives that they take within the community that is not advertised. You know, they actually put money into the urban communities. So for as far as me, as far as them go, we're good. Right. But a lot of other breweries that um like for instance let's talk about stone hell let's talk about founders founders only want to want to pander to black people but they don't ever want to do anything for black fuck people founders, yeah fuck founders <laughs> you gotta lean in on the mic for that one <laughs> fuck founders <laughs> so, yeah. show you right <laughs> that was kind of dirty so i'm at the point is like stop pandering to our culture and using our culture when it's beneficial to you and let's actually see some actions yeah I think that goes both ways with brewers who like uh every week they come out with like a new hype haze or a new hypes uh pastry stout and right. then naming it after some lyrics of some rap song right right and then right. it's time to do Cultural something appropriation do something significant right. you know for the for that culture that you're borrowing from they're super fucking quiet, right? And there's usually in Chicago, that's usually the crews that kind of are like out just outside of Chicago do that, you, that do that kind of shit. Do you know I had some kickback from someone who asked me about even by like the Stacey Abrams glass, like how they first of all, this is our culture. And right. the the proceeds from that glass, now mind you, I'm not getting paid off that glass. I never wanted any money off that glass. 
the money from that glass is going to fair fight. It's going to her non for profit. Right. You know However, you have uh, breweries that like they use the WAP. They put two black women. I can't I think of it. You know, because you know, yeah. hip hop. Hip hop is you know, even That's from right. even from people in my age group. You know, it was seventy five percent of it was bought in the burbs, right? So a right. lot, we all, even if you're even if you're a Trump supporter, you probably you listen to hip hop. Oh, absolutely. Right? So, but then a lot of these folks are like just taking their love for hip hop and applying it to. This this these this fucking beer game, and they're not they're not participating when they're needed the most. They're just benefiting, <laughs> and right, they're not participating right. in a way that they're needed the most. And that's and that's unfortunate. It's almost as fucked up as you know all these breweries being closed and and small businesses are failing, and there's no bailout for them. It's almost as fucked up as that. Yeah, almost. That's just, whole, just almost. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole another conversation. <laughs> We're gonna need you to stay on for three more hours. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So grab another bottle. <laughs> no, you know it's it's crazy. Our last podcast we did uh, it was uh, uh, um, Anthony. Uh, what was his last name? S- uh, not Sizzle. That's his. That's a, a craft, uh, uh, crafted. Uh, he's in Ohio. Sipping okay. with Sizzle. Yeah, sipping with Sizzle. Was a bar a bar. Uh, they just opened. It's yeah. the first uh, Central Ohio black-owned brewery. Yeah. Uh, nice. yeah, yeah. Crafted Culture Brewing. Anthony Perry. He's a uh, 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 Crafted Culture Brewing on on Twitter and Sipping with Sizzle on Twitter. Right. Really, yeah, really great right. guy. Right. And he he on, pur- purposefully opened February first, the start of <laughs> black, black History, History Month. Month. I loved it. <laughs> which was he's like you know normally we're closed, but I'm opening that day. But yeah, he uh, you know we were we were we were talking about you know it's time to. You know, not not talk about it, be about it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man. I tell you, man. Oh, crafty culture. I see him right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, so I, I asked about the the you know what are real actionable things because as as the resident white guy in the room, yeah. You know, I feel like I feel like it's it. There is an onus on me and people in my position who I I have my own podcast too. I do news in this community where it's up to me. Like there's there's an onus for me to make people that look like me talk about it more, but should we be doing more actionable things too? Yeah. I think, um, shout out to, uh, shout out to goose. Cause one of their brewers actually made a beer with Haymarket. Sam Ross yeah. and Jay West. It's uh, the brother at the bar podcast. Yeah. And he, uh, he passed, ma- the, passed the drink, podcast. passed the drink podcast. Uh, he did a beer called Harold's honey ale. So he took a, uh, an all black, Honey apiary. I didn't know apiary is where you get fucking honey for bees. <laughs> we took an apiary that was, uh, you know, that's that's uh, what is it? They they only hire people that were in prison. Yeah. At the apiary uh, wow. called Sweet Beginnings is the name of the apiary. They gathered the honey from there. Uh, he made a honey ale and he named it after Harold Washington, who's the first ever black mayor in Chicago. So it's Harold's um, eighty three honey ale. In nineteen eighty three was the year that he was. Uh, that he went in office. Oh, but he's a brewery at Goose Island, but then he made this beer with Haymarket, which is, you know, the only brewery, the first brewery in West Loop. So. Which is dope because Goose Island was very supportive of that endeavor. You know, right. they didn't, you know, because especially with AB, AB, over, you know, owning them, they mm-hmm. were very supportive. They said, hey, do what you need to do. They pushed, they helped market it. So was like, that's what, that's what, uh, that's what we're talking about. We need that type of, um, you know, camaraderie in in the in the beer community. Right. I think you you find that in the in the craft beer world more than you do though 
any other industry that uh, I've been yeah. around. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd say so. I mean, there's 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 a love and a connection that you don't see because I because I know all the three breweries I work for. They've all come to me and be like, "Hey, what can we do? What do you think we should do?" So you know, you know, shout out to my my homeboy Tony at Windshift. I mean, he's he he came up. He's like, "We want to we want to we want to be better. We want to do some shit. What do you think we should do?" So so what you're saying is is I'm not the only white friend <laughs> who called you up. We're like, not the fucking white friend anymore, Nick. <laughs> Well, okay. So, full disclosure, <laughs> I do a local news. I have a local news organization, and I have another podcast. And as a community journalist for the last twenty five plus years, I've always been real. I, I get a little nervous around Black History Month because I'm like, I'm the white guy, and apparently this month is when I have to call my black friends. It just feels disingenuous to me. Yeah. So I don't know what to talk about because I don't want it to feel forced and I don't want it to be just, I'm calling you just because it's this month. So what did I do? I, I, I called some of my black friends last week and said, let's talk about this stuff for the podcast. You should have got and me on that. Here, don't ever call your black friends just on black history month. Well, no, but that, no, but that's what I'm saying is that's why I've always had a problem as a, as a, as a reporter and an editor during that month, because I always feel like, well, why aren't we doing these stories other times of the year? Right. And so, you just I, it just always makes me think twice before I make those phone calls in February. I think it's it's important to remember that Black history is American history, you know, right. absolutely American history. This and this 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 idea that it only needs to be talked about in February. I think as a as an ally is something that you know we need to we need to discuss all twelve months, right? Even if it's just you know, hey, we made a honey ale, or hey, you know, Shalana's got a new show. You know, right. hey, there's a, there's there are layers of this that can be talked about all year long, right? Because it's you know the black diaspora is pretty pretty deep. It's not just right. one type of thing that's going on. Like black people do everything. Well, and as you said though, all of American history yeah. is black history. Yeah. So the challenge, the challenge, I challenge, I challenge America to find at least one black history fact every week for the whole year. I like that. That's a good challenge. Super easy. <laughs> I know, right? There's, there's all kinds of shit, right? Because here's the fucking thing. George Washington Carver with the yeah. fucking peanut. You know, because I'm like, from Southwest Missouri, so yeah. When <laughs> so I, was, I know that's right. When my kids were younger, it was so funny because I it's just so funny because the memory just popped up. My youngest, who's now about to be 16 on Monday, when she was in about fourth grade, it popped up in the Facebook memory. She was supposed to do a report on Dr. Martin Luther King, and she protested. They called me at work and said, hey, she's protesting. She's not doing her part. And I went, she got on the phone, and, she, and I said, well, what's going on? She said, Ma, they always shove Dr. King down our throats as if he's the only black man that represented black history. I want to do it on Daniel Hill, the first black open heart surgeon. And I was like, I'm done with this. She wins. <laughs> now what? Because <laughs> there's other black history Arguments that's unwrapped. over. You know, the, you know the guy who discovered Chicago. Yeah, was Du Sabo. You know, Du Sabo, Jean Baptiste Du Sabo was a black man who was a fur trader with the Indians, and he started a trading post right here where we where we now know to be Chicago. And yeah, yeah. all he gets is one museum and glass. A, a gets little, a whole day. A little bitty ass fucking uh, statue, just, just from the neck up. It ain't even like a whole statue on a horse or nothing. It's just a little ass statue. Columbus a had neck. a huge, had a bigger statue <laughs> off a. Of, he even have a whole. The the Columbus statue in Grand Park that they snatched down was way bigger 
than the dude who discovered Chicago. Yeah, you know, I think we should, fucking bullshit. I think no. we should. I think. I don't know if you know this or not, but as Americans, huh? We, as I don't know if you know this or not, but as Americans, we have a really long history of making a big deal out of things that are not true. <laughs> Here's the thing. Let me say, as Americans. Well, what happens is how black history is stolen. They make us dim our excellence so they can be okay with their with their mediocrity. So, like, if you look at what happened just with Simone Biles, I was gonna say, yeah, that's the story right now. The dopest black gymnast that's had, that's hit Ever. the mat, Ever. and now here it is. They rescored all of her her routines just because no one else, not just black people, but no one else could do it. Because she's doing stuff that nobody can even dream exactly. of. Exactly. We always have to dim our excellence just so they can be comfortable with their mediocrity. When we saw the Confederate flag go through the White House when Trump had that party, when they, they trashed all the shit mm-hmm. in uh, the, the House of Representatives or whatever, I didn't understand that the Confederacy was only five years old and that people started naming things that were longer than the Confederacy. And they were like, the Outcast albums <laughs> longer than five years. And I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't realize... To your point, Nick, about how like you know white folks like to make a big deal out of these shit that is not a big deal. Confederacy was only five years, and the Outcast run of albums was longer than five years, and I didn't know that. Hey, Erica, but it has a longer run. We have well, I mean, look, we've spent generations romanticizing the Civil War, right? Yeah, I mean, Gone with the Wind was not a good movie, but damn it, romanticized the Civil War and the South. <laughs> yeah. So I think you're on to something, man, with, um, you know, making Black History a 12-month initiative instead of a one-month initiative. I like the challenge, and you're right. I mean, it should be easy. But to think about it, to have to think about it every week for 52 weeks, is that's a good challenge. Yeah, and it's important, especially for allies. I think that's an important position right. to play, right? Because this is all mainstream shit. All the shit that we described, you know, this is all mainstream shit. Right, right on Google. Right on Google. Exactly. Right. <laughs> well, I think that's been an important part of the conversation from 2020 was how do I actually be a good ally? Right. People are no, actually, yeah. we're asking that question for the first time. Okay. So for me, you're talking saying, about race relations, whether you're talking about gender or LGBTQ, right? It's how do I be an ally? Being a get, being an ally is being able to open up, is being able to understand. So like I have had people to reach out to me and say, oh my God, ABC, you're being too militant <laughs> on your on your Twitter. So here's the thing. If you're trying to be an ally to me, you have to be uncomfortable. See, I have to live this life. You don't. Right. You have to be uncomfortable with what I'm going through if you're really trying to be an ally. And being an ally also means not jumping ship and saying, hey, I have black friends when you're trying to get out of a situation. It's being on. Uh, here's the thing. That's the thing. At the end of the day, being a true lot ally is being able to be uncomfortable with what's going on in the black race. Yeah, and acknowledging that black people can't be racist because racism implies that we have because, power. Yeah, racism implies I don't like you, and I can be. I I can I can uh you know I I don't like you, and I can be a dick to you, and it will affect you because I have power, right? So black people don't have power to be racist against white people. Now, black people can be prejudiced, be prejudiced against white people and not like white people for the shit they do. But black people can't be racist because racism has every racism is rooted in power and privilege. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think just holding white people accountable to those things that only white people can be racist 
holding them account. I'm doing the Bill Clinton shit with the finger <laughs> and the thumb. I, I like it though. I was kind of waiting for you to grab the podium. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like even just having a fundamental conversation with right. white folks that are probably, you know, 40 and under is important. You know, like black people can't be racist. Only white people can be racist. And explaining it from that perspective as an ally would be of fucking value in my opinion. Or my, you know, my word of the year for 2020 was empathy. And I think that's the biggest thing is right, right. To get through privilege is to actually allow yourself to to see a different perspective, to accept and allow for a different perspective other than your own. Because you're right, it's all about power. It's all about I'm coming from a place of of up here and someone else is down here. And if I if I it's a fear, really is what it is. It's a fear of if I allow your perspective, then I have to move down. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks it's so simple to think it's a zero sum game. And that's not a, that's not what it is at all. But see, you know, here's the thing. It's like you have to be careful because nowadays it's like almost like a trend. It's like our race, our culture, our pain, our oppression has become a trend. It's easy mm-hmm. for us. We have to live it. You know, we have to be afraid to send our husbands, our kids, our sons out into the world. But it's easy for our counterparts to just post about it. So once you post about it, just because you post about it doesn't mean that you understand or you sympathize with what we're going through or you're trying to make a change. It just shows that you're posting about it. You care for that second that it took you to post. We need to go beyond Beyond that, our oppression is not a trend. And that is what the movement, like the death of George Floyd, that is what that lesson brought forward. Our our oppression is not a trend. So we had a lot of people speaking on our behalf that shouldn't have been speaking on our behalf because at the end of the day, they don't know our pain. They don't know what we live through. They don't know how we cry at night for our kids. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's my whole thing for 2021. My pain is not a trend. Right. And, and part of that is people don't know history. Exactly. They don't know, if, if you just rewind <laughs> to black history in this country and had an understanding of, um, of what it is, you would understand the issues today because it's, it's a continuation. It may look different. It may sound different. You may, but it's, it's, it's no different. I mean, I, we talked about this on your podcast. There's a great documentary on on PBS called Driving While Black, and how the the car helped you know those get away from the south and get to Chicago or whatever. But also those highways divided where they put, where they put those highways. They put them through communities that were poor and black. You know what I'm saying? So it was it, it was twofold. And uh, so if, if you understand the history, yeah. yeah, if you understand the history of this country, that th- it wasn't founded on on to help the, the, the minority. It was it was for the majority. So everything that was done, it's no different, you know, and, yeah. and unfortunately, <laughs> there is there is still there. There's the majority of the people are uneducated uneduc- and think, why are y'all mad? Why are y'all right? And why why are you mad about this, that and the other? Just all you got to do is. Um, Read a book, Google, Wikipedia, whatever. Yeah. Decisions still are made to maintain power. Right. Nick Nick tapped into it when he talked about white fear, you know, tapping into white fear and understanding that I mean, that's why that's why Trump won in twenty sixteen, right? It's cause you know, white fear was like, Hey man, you know, these old these old white folks, we gonna ride, we're gonna rally one more time, we're gonna ride one more time, you know. 
for for our for our white brothers, right? Because when you look around the world, you know, whites are a minority if you count all what the minorities are around the world, you know, the Indians and Chinese and the blacks and Africans, you count up all the minorities, they outnumber white folks. And so there's some fear there, right? There's fear of this black planet. Honestly, <laughs> did you did you just do it? Did you just throw out a, a public enemy album? That happened just now. <laughs> happened. There's, there's some fear. There sure some, tapping into white fear is the is the is the fifth. It's the omega level of what it means to be an ally. If you're an omega ally, you're tapping into white fear in your conversations. But see, here's the thing: we've always tapped into white fear, and you want want to know how? Because if you look at the death of Frank Hampton, like if you watch the movie. Uh, you know, Judas and the Black Messiah. Right. It's white fear. They were scared that black people were li- okay. living peace. So what did they do? They tainted the black community with drugs and with violence to keep us at a certain level. Right. It's they always black power. fear. And the they power. hit it. Um, again, a small bios tapped into black fear. Here it is. This young black girl is achieving great excellence. So what are we going to do? We're going to bring her down a notch. It's always happening. So here's the thing. I have to teach my daughters that they have to excel beyond the level of excellence, black excellence, only so society can see them as mediocre. This motherfucker, J. Edgar Hoover, that, you know, he was the uh, the FBI head right. when that yeah. Panther shit was happening. This motherfucker, this is a fact, he came out and said the number one enemy of in America is uh, is the the unity of the black family. Right. Think, think about that. This is like 1967. It wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. Shit, it was 10 years before I was born. The number one threat to oh, American ass. safety <laughs> is the unity of the black family, this motherfucker. Right. Right. So, I mean, I mean, just on a fundamental level, we need to have conversations with non-black folks about that. Like, I'm cool with white folks wanting to be around all white folks. I'm cool with Asians and fucking, you know, whoever you are, Filipinos. If you just want to do your thing with your people, I'm all for that. But I mean, just think about where we are and think about what this fucking guy said and think about how fucked up that is for us. Think about it because it white fear destroyed Black Wall Street. A bomb toss. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Never. And we've talked about that before. Like, yeah. how many of us? How many of us really knew that story? No, unless unless you really up until the last last five years, unless you lived in Oklahoma like I did, you knew nothing. I mean, until you I watched really HBO's Watchmen. I knew I mean, about like, it because my grandfather. My grandfather okay. was was my when I. Oh my God, I wish he was alive today. My grandfather was so dope. Like he hung with politicians back in the day. He used to school us on black history. He used to make him. he used to make us go and research black history that was not taught in schools so we can be very well prepared. So I learned about you know Tulsa when my junior high year in high school. My junior high, my, my seventh, eighth grade year in junior high. I didn't know about that shit till I was grown. That's what I'm saying. So like I so watched I, Watchmen and I'm like I kind of yeah. remember that being a bullet, yeah. uh, you know, a bold faced word in a history book. I didn't know about Black Wall Street, so I heard about it on like a yeah. rap lyric. Then I was then I was <laughs> right. well, there was a there's a there was a great I forget what the documentary I was watching was about it, but there was a great story about a guy who grew up in Tulsa. A black guy that grew up in Tulsa, went to college, was in a, a history class, and the, the professor's telling him about about the, the Tulsa massacre. And he's like, uh, that didn't happen. I grew up in Tulsa. I I'd know about it. Right. Mm-mm. 
The Gap Band. They didn't teach it in Tulsa's history class. Yeah, the they Gap don't Band. teach black history in schools. No. They give you, they give us the bear, they give you Rosa Parks, they give you Dr. King, right. and a little bit of Malcolm X, and that's it. So yeah, you like, be, you're lucky right. if you get Malcolm X. Right. They, right. You don't even well, really get Malcolm X. So it's like, okay. We get the Denzel Washington version of Malcolm X. The Denzel Washington version. So it's like, okay. So, like, when my girls were in school, it's like. Rock landed on us. Right. We didn't <laughs> land on Rock. So, like, when my girls were in school, I used to say, hey, nope. I need you to go to research more actual, like, black inventors. You know, go and research, you know, black doctors. Go and research things that's, that you're not going to find in your books because we our, our right. history is greater than that. Talk yeah. about how they only showed uh, they only showed Einstein in black and white photos, and he was black because the Germans was like, if you show this motherfucking color, they are gonna know that he ain't uh, blonde hair and blue eyes like us. So only show this motherfucking black and white. I mean, even if you bring it back to the beer history, Tom Mac Thomas Mac, he was the first black brewery owner in the United States. Right. He bought people's beer and he hired black people. So because of the fact that he wanted to give them opportunities. He well, and what's the big history find of this week? The news, yeah. right? Right. They found a brewery in Egypt. In Egypt. But see, here's the thing. We always knew beer was brewed from in Kazi. Right. And Kazi is what? Black women. Right. They always forget about that part. Black women started brewing the beer. Hey, uh, shout out to Beers with Nigel because we off into the deep end. With this oh, look. Right <laughs> you know, you know it, it, it happens. This, look, look. look. It happens. People willing to talk about anything plus booze. You never know what's going to happen. We are we talk beer, shit, and a history on beer. Right. Right it's now. a show about beer and other stuff. And other stuff. Yeah. No, speaking of beer, from the shallow. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but look, look, uncomfortable is good. I mean, have you guys listened I, to the, the uncomfortable conversations? It's a great podcast if you haven't listened to it. Um, but I mean, we've right got to make each other uncomfortable. You can't move forward unless you make each other uncomfortable. That's a fact. That is a fact. Yeah. And I'm all about making. It's so funny because my daughter just asked me, "My like, mom, do you wake up waiting to piss off people with your podcast?" So you're. I, like, yep, I hope you I answer do. yes. Yes, <laughs> I do. We what? were on, we were on some show, man, and they were saying, "Who do you look up to in craft beer, or who are some of your favorites in craft beer?" And you know, you know me, I'm an old motherfucker, so I was talking about you know the legends of the Chicago scene, but I almost said Shalanda because she's oh. making people super fucking uncomfortable and you know craft beer has lost its innocence a long time ago but now we're having conversations that bring right. beer into the rest of our our lives right. right and we weren't doing that before before it was this bubble where you escape to and now it's a vehicle to discuss the issues of society at large and i think she's we're talking about that. sex and race on my podcast oh and the and the mental health of yeah, black no, men. Yeah, that, that was a great episode. That was a dumb show, wasn't it? <laughs> if if y'all not listening to uh, that, that chick talks beer, whoo, that episode was great. I well, actually, and, and, I actually ahead. want to expound on that show and get a and get more black men do like a round table. Yeah. So I want to get more into the in depth of that conversation. I'm down with it. I like that though. You, that that. I mean, look, drinking is a thing that everybody does. They all get to it. It's a safe place. But I like that now it's turned into, even here, we're going to use this place that everybody goes to, this safe bubble, and we're going to force you to look at some things. You and have to. Because you I'm, I, yeah, I'm a motherfucker at, at, at a brewery. 
I will talk to anybody about anything. And I've and I've come across some people that I don't give a shit what your religion is, what what your politics are, what whatever. Well, I can have a conversation with you and I ain't got to be ignorant about it. You can have your opinion. I'm going to let you be you. And we and we can and, and at the end of the day, we're sitting there and we're drinking a beer, right? That's what it's about. So, you know, like I was talking about on yours, you know, it's just a matter it's a matter of just being open to other things and other people and quit being so goddamn narrow-minded. And the thing <laughs> is, look, if you can get through a can or a bottle or whatever with somebody, <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I mean, nobody's going to go away mad, right? Or at least you hope not. The best bars, you know, this is a Goose Island thing because they, they started in 88 and they're the older, they're the old timers. They would always say the best bars in the world are in Belgium, man. All they have, ain't no TVs, none of that sports bar bullshit. Right. All they have, they might have a family band in a corner sitting at a, 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 a six top and playing What's some that? acoustic shit. But beer yeah. and conversation, the best beer bars in the world is all about beer and conversation. Oh, yeah. And beer. Yolanda, what was that? Dang. You call my keep calling me out. No, <laughs> we can see you. Look, look <laughs> Junior's going to get mad at us I'm not if we don't tell him out. what you're drinking. Okay, look, so you, so you can tell who's the drinker between the two of us because this is like my fifth pour of bourbon. Oh, his shit's off camera. We can't even tell. This is Sazerac. <laughs> is that that Sazerac rye? Oh, that's that. I love that. Is that the Sazerac rye? Yeah. That's yep. Sazerac. That's, yeah. oh, that's, so that's that New Orleans shit right there. That's so good. No, he's a little more stealthy in his drink. No, no. That's the a, difference. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, outside. <laughs> it's so funny because my mom, my mom, it cracks me up. She, whenever... I'm talking about my drink. You should say, you know what? That's that damn Watson side. So like my great grandfather, my her grandfather is straight up from Ireland. He has his oh, wow. red curly hair straight off the boat. And his family disowned him when he married my great grandmother of this beautiful black woman. So she was like, you get that drinking side from him. Hey, it's paying off. Did she use her outside voice like that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Junior, we're drinking everything rhymes with orange. Rough Tail. From Rough Tail Brewing Company. Yeah. Like, I've liked everything Rough Tail so far. Can you guys yeah. cycle through what, what you guys have opened on the beer side tonight? One of them from Tapestry. And then what else? And who's, who's drinking? And what's that one again? This is Rough Tail Brewing. It's everything rhymes with orange. Earlier, we had Martin City's Anniversary Stout. They're from Kansas City. Yep. yep. And then also from Kansas City, Alma Mater's uh, Settling In, Land of Manana. All right. Yeah. Now, everything rhymes with orange. Where are they from? Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. All right. Cool. Thank you. But I, I'll, I'll make sure, I, you know, I'll, you know, when I send that. We post that. all these on, on the no, show. I'm going to so. look. I got the address. Now I'm going to send some I've already took the address. Oh. I'm going to send you some beer. Don't all worry. All right. I got to get a couple shirts I'm, made, too, before. I'm gonna send you some too. So okay. show me show me your address. Okay, for so sure. Many breweries, man. I'm just like I just want to try to keep up. I'm trying to keep up. So many breweries. <laughs> it's like trying to you know keeping up with breweries is like trying to keep up with a good marriage. It's hard as fuck. Look, we're only an hour and a half into this episode. <laughs> I tell you, whoever said the first year of marriage is the oh. shit. that is the realest shit I've ever heard. That does. It comes to be the realest shit. Ever. Man, super. Hard. I'm on twenty two. Oh man! See, oh here it is. We knocking on four. 
<laughs> What's going on? Are we uh, 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 in the cards? Uh, you, you ain't got, you ain't got past, past. You haven't got past your rookie contract yet. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you haven't, okay, you haven't right. had that free agent renewal negotiation right. yet. <laughs> right, so look, here's the thing. So when we got married, I'm not big on like spending a whole bunch of unnecessary money. So I was like, look, let's just go to the courthouse. So we went to the courthouse and we got married. I the one thing I wanted, I wanted a beautiful dress made, which I did have made. We dressed up like we, we was doing the fucking thing. Right. <laughs> and we had pictures made. Right. So I said, hey look, if we make it to five years, can we have a small ceremony for like our family? Because you know nobody in my family has ever really had a uh, a wedding and you know so it's like my look, first marriage. Yeah. And this better be your only one. Can I can I make a suggestion? Can I make a suggestion? A beers with Nigel wedding. I'm ordained. ordained. I I did say I did say that like you know when we renew our vows if we you know we make it to the five years I want to get married in the brain. Yeah, we are gonna make that happen. You know, so there's a, there's a, there's a podcast a goals. There's a brewery in Omaha, and the, all the bar shit from is from an old church. <laughs> Road See? trip. See, <laughs> it's coming together. The universe actually, has a plan. You just got to get out. That's the way. what I'm saying. Yeah, just get out the way. I actually performed a uh, a lockdown wedding this summer. Did you really? That is yeah, all. Some some friend some friends of ours got me. They they had been planning their wedding, and they're like, you know what? We're not waiting. So it was just a small five people in a backyard. And look, I'm wearing the same damn wedding dress I wore the first time. That right. dress was just amazing. I'm wearing I'm, my my tuss is gonna be a little more snug though. I wanted it to be a little <laughs> more snug. You know, take them to the gun show a little right, bit. Right, 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 <laughs> right. right. Well, like you that. played it that way. You yeah, you had it tailor made too tight. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm gonna rework my tux, but her dress was her dress was money. It was it was five star. It was nice. So let's wrap this shit up. It's been it's been a good conversation as usual. It has been. Like we're glad to get you on, bro. Um, I'm glad. I'm I am happy to be here. Me too. Yeah, yeah, we were we were plot. We've been talking about this for a while. Every every since we learned about you, we're like, oh, he's a whiskey guy. Gotta get him on the pod too. See, yeah. look, I, I look, I responded. Don't don't put that out there for everybody else to hear. <laughs> she look, she normally does not respond, so don't DM her. It's fine. Nigel had to stalk her. It's no big deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh Shalanda, tell tell people where they can find you. Oh man, you know, I'm always talking shit on all the social medias, Afro Beer Cheek, and then collectively you can catch us at the Nipor. And what about you, Nick, sir? Where can we hey, find man. you? Shout out to the squad, man. Uh, at Shy Beer Geeks on Twitter. At Chicago Beer Pass on Twitter. Yeah, those are those are the main hangouts, man. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. This was this was awesome. This was a lot of fun. We got into some cool stuff. Hey, Good listen, stuff. man. You guys send us that Rieger, sing us that side project, and then whatever <laughs> the fuck y'all want from the Shy, we'll, we'll make it happen. I know uh, which means Shalanda will make it happen because she's he, gonna send it. Because I'm sure. gonna send it because he's gonna forget. I'm gonna break. Well, that's fine. I, I, I get you some rigor. That's the easy button right there. The 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 side project. I got a couple of connections. That's that's in St. Louis, but I can yeah. I certainly have some people who can have some here because you know you know I got a lot of people who like to hold on to beer for some stupid reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to drink that shit. Nick, where can they find us, man? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Hey, even Alexa. Go tell them, Alexa, play yeah, that yeah, Beers with know, Nigel we podcast. We big time. We on Alexa. Matter of fact, here's a little reminder. 
You've been listening to Beers with Nigel, a show about beer and other stuff, hosted by Nigel Woodbury and that other guy, Nick Parker. Beers with Nigel is poured for you by Dire Oil Graphics, providing bumper-to-bumper graphic design, promo products, and print services. Find them at direoil.com. Beers with Nigel is a proud member of the Fredcast Network and is available on all of your favorite podcast flavors. Find Beers with Nigel on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and ask Alexa to play the Beers with Nigel podcast.